Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Welcome back, everybody. It is Mixed Company. Hello. Yes, here we are. Some of us are fresh off somebody's airplane from uh, Ad Color. Um, I know a few of you have heard our quick in the middle of the week uh, bonus episode that we did. Um, and fortunately, unfortunately, I guess it's probably the best temperature check of how it was. We were exhausted okay. by the end of Ad Color, so we didn't get to post our second one because we just I'm sounded so dead. We yeah. sounded so dead. <laughs> We tried. We did try. We, we tried. We recorded it, and we both sounded like we're at the morgue. <laughs> Where yeah. were you? At my near my bed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for my flight. And she was waiting on her flight. I'm not mad about my my 6 a.m. flight back here because I still was on New York time, but it, for some reason I'm still tired. So I took all weekend to relax. So that. I, I hear you and I, I get it because I'm tired too. Welcome um, to 30. I just want to, I want like jet lag recovery solutions, like especially from New York Red to Bull, LA. Coffee. Like vitamins. Listen, it doesn't get better. It does not get better. <laughs> like, I'm trying. I'm just like every day I'm more tired. But I will say the second half of Ad Week was absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. We were there Ad for color. the, sorry, Ad, Ad color. color. We're, we're in now Ad, Ad week, week right now. <laughs> It's literally like advertising month. Um, But Ad Color was absolutely amazing at the awards and getting to see a lot of our heroes um, and honestly ads that we respect and people that are here advocating on behalf of change um, and equity in addition to equality was super fun. And it was nice to be on the red carpet. Yeah, it was super fun. I feel like this month and next month, we have a lot of content from you, for you guys. Like, we just came off from our event um, at Publicis, and that was our second C-suite event, the C-suite takeover. I heard word on the street is we might be heading to Chicago with that, so you guys can stay tuned about that. But yeah, no, we're doing big yeah. things. <laughs> and in true fashion of doing big things, like we mentioned, we are here at Ad Week. Um, and therefore, it wouldn't be Ad Week and quite frankly, wouldn't be Mixed Company if we didn't bring poppin' ass guests to the show. Um, I feel like I don't even really know how to introduce you because there's so many things to say. But besides the obvious, um, this woman is definitely a pioneer within the industry and is also just super down and cool and like as we would say about that life so about if you're action. going to say something you need She's to follow boss. up with doing something and you are not just a boss but recently also uh, we got news in the publications you are co-president over at Wyden and Kennedy so ladies and gentlemen and folks and ratchets we would like (laughs) to welcome you all uh, or introduce you all to miss colleen DeCourcy. thank you for joining us today welcome no no thank you i am like super happy to be here I'm nervous to be here. Oh, please don't be. No, I've never like, you know, <laughs> this just is just, I'm, just I'm, 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 I'm podcast obsessed. And I was like, wow, can I do that banter thing? He's like, I'm never allowed to do that. Nobody ever lets me do that. Listen, this is how we survive. <laughs> I'm coming survival. every week. You are not going to be able to get rid of me now. This would be amazing. Right. At this point, hey. we'll have to move out to Portland. So definitely, we're so happy to have you here. Um, 
I'd say we apologize in advance, but we don't. We welcome you to join all of our foolishness and all of our angst um, and all of our transparency because that's literally what gets us up every week to get into the office and do it all over again. So yeah. That's why I actually wanted to do this. <laughs> I listened. I was listening since I met you, and it's like, oh, I want to do that. It's a, you know, it's like it's very real. It is. Yeah, I like that. So definitely, sh- this should be a good conversation. Um, like we said, it's Ad Week, and it is the, um, I don't want to say resurgence, but it is the second introduction for many of us to Time's Up Advertising. Yep. Yeah. Um, and as we spoke, hell, I don't know, I guess it was episode 50 earlier. I think it was still cold, actually. Shout out to LaRonda <laughs> for dealing. Right, LaRonda Young was yeah, our, Davis was our Davis, guest. LaRonda sorry, yeah. was our guest that day. Um, we had talked about my initial experience on Time's Up, um, so we're going to actually do a follow-up a little bit today about that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a good show. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. It's going to be a good show. <laughs> But we can go ahead and actually start off with uh, some dope shit and some ain't shit. I think dope shit is it's ad week. Like it's it's yeah, just ad. That's ad my that's all I got. That's yours. That's mine. <laughs> There's so many different events. Also, um, having ad week being held uh, in Lincoln Square um, at the AMC Lowe's with everything in one space. The energy in there is ridiculously amazing. Oh, wow. So like just having all of your peers in one space and so many people to network in and so many opportunities to um, take upon yourself to to own Supreme. So if you guys are at Adweek um, or if you, <laughs> by the time you hear this, if you want to Adweek, please share your stories with us. I want to hear your experience. Um, also, I'm sure we'll continue to share ours as well. My dope shit will probably be a reoccurring dope shit. I think for being an ad club fellow, I mean, it has opened so many doors. This was our first conference, like real conference of the year, and it was an awesome experience. So I'm very excited, and I'm very excited that kind of are going to share our experiences with you guys. Um, but shout out to them. It, like this will be the first shout out. Let's and there's next year and the year after that. But that's my dope shit. I've, I color was kind of trippy for me because I would meet somebody and we'll talk about like cupcakes. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I'm like but cupcakes CMO are important. of um, And I don't really even eat Carvel. cupcakes. This is important. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, ad color was my dope shit, too. I have to say it's been um, a long time since I've been. Well, I was two years ago. And, like, a lot has changed. And there was this energy. But my dope shit there was the audience, like, I was excited to be in the audience, first of all, you know, doing the exercises and doing the, you know. But um, to be up on the stage, I have never, ever, ever been in a situation where the audience was so beside you, mm-hmm. so reacting, that you can hear like, mm-hmm, and well, and yes, and it was church. Oh, that was it, was church <laughs> it was totally in church. I was, like, I was just like, oh my God, I could say anything, and everybody is here like with me. And it was, um, I have not felt that in this industry ever. Oh, wow. Uh, ever. I thought it was just the fact that we hadn't years. been there, yeah. that that was just something that was natural. But quite a few people commented on just that energy. Um, it means a lot for people to to be on the same page as your energy without even speaking. And I felt that when we walked into just 
the venue in itself and like people knew that they were there to get filled up with positive energy learn some new things meet some new people and then take that energy back to their workplaces like that kind of goal and i get it it's fluffy and it's emotional and it's almost so anti-advertising that it needed to be yeah advertising so it was lit it felt like the combination of two things one of them was it has just gotten so bad that nobody could do it anymore and that it had turned and that everybody was like okay let's go and i couldn't figure out moment to moment which it was but the profound sadness and the profound hope was just this constant kind of thing that that, uh i found exhausted and and filled me up a hundred percent what you got sam um, so I've been under a rock preparing an application <laughs> for a fellowship, so I don't really have a lot of dope shit, but I would what, say... What, I mean, it's that sounds dope. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, my application? Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, so I, I think I kind of mentioned this on the, the podcast before. At the beginning of the year, I started a nonprofit to help people of color pursuing creative industries um, by creating opportunities for them to work on um, creative marketing solutions for women and minority-owned businesses. And so um, we need funding, so I'm applying for an Echoing Green Fellowship, and that's been taking up my time. But I would say my ancient, when I have um, come up for a year, has been uh, the Brett Kavanaugh um, hearings. Um, My eyes hurt from wrong. Sorry. Um, It's fine. I I think the, just kind of watching it um, was, it's, I'm kind of at a loss for words because it's like common sense is clearly being thrown to the wind um, for political gain. Yeah. Um, And it seems to be like a running theme (laughs) in like our culture and politics these days. Um, And to like sit there and like listen to um, the testimonies um, of these women and just kind of watch these men just kind of say, fuck your feelings. Um, and the I would have preferred they just say that, right, quite frankly. Um, and, and fuck your trauma and, and fuck these experiences that you've been through. Um, and then to just, I don't know. it's It was disgusting. And I think on top of it being disgusting, it was also, I think there's something about having insight and, and kind of learning from the past where for those that don't remember the Anita Hill and Clarence Thomas no, hearings from the early 90s, mm-hmm. you've literally had the last two years to get caught up because they released a book. And there the was movie. an HBO, straight to HBO movie that was released with um, the amazing Carrie Washington. Um, and there have been a lot of articles kind of dredging up what had happened back in the early night back in 92 i think it was so me watching that and i was obviously like super kid like a really really little kid at the time but i remember those conversations with men in my family quite frankly who were just like oh they're always trying to you know trying to bring the black man down etc etc and you're like but you're not hearing her it actually has nothing to do with him and all about her and here we are again where this is a white woman and a white man and it's and there are now new there are now new reasons oh they're just trying to tear him down and it's like it's not just about you it's about qualifications and you want to make sure that the people that are leading your country forward and making decisions decisions that will set precedent for years to come are, are doing this with 
if not a clean heart, at least a clean barometer of I don't know, man. Like having some shit about I mean, you. Yeah, like, you sure right. right. can you be like, like an okay right. person? Can you be yeah. decent? You know? Like, can we you know okay? you don't litter? <laughs> can we know you don't touch people when they don't want to be touched? Like, you know. It's uh, it's it's really amazing. I have to say, we talk about um, all cultures having sort of different points of view, which is why mm-hmm. it matters so much. This has been for me a very white culture moment, mm. in that. I was in my first year of college. I don't want to say this on the air. <laughs> 1981. I'm just a little older than Kavanaugh. Um, uh, that world, that 16 candles world, that date rape jock world, was so systemically part of what I knew. What's fascinating uh, to me about it is this is the first time that you've actually seen the cracking wide open of the truth that um, actually Nina Shaw said to me when I first met her and she said, uh, I said, you know, it's amazing when you look at the statistics, when you look at who can speak about it, when you look at, um, you know, women of color's intolerance for so much of the crap that we are just sort of like making excuses for, protecting our men on. And she said, that's because you white women think you had a deal with them and you oh, didn't, mm-hmm. and I felt like that trial <coughs> is the first massive exposure that I've seen that said, no deal, there was mm-hmm. no deal, and I watched women my age just kind of drop to the floor, and um, it was it was profoundly sad and also profoundly like, seriously, did we really think <laughs> that, that it was any different than this? It was shocking to me. Yeah, I think there's a lot. There's so much to be said about it. If you haven't seen uh, the hearing, um, you haven't missed out on much but a whole bunch of fuckery. Um, but you can ca- you can catch up on YouTube as literally these videos are being mm-hmm. uplo- uploaded by the moment. Um, and also, like, the point about his anger, like, he's lashing yeah. out. And then you see that uh, in comparison to how women and women of color have lashed out right. in recent weeks mm-hmm. um mainly serena williams yeah, earlier yeah, in yeah. september where she was defending her integrity as an athlete um and it was seen as something combative and something negative that's a tantrum to, as a tantrum yeah like belittling her to childhood yeah um meanwhile brett kavanaugh cries and not to say that this situation is not is not severe is not serious however what we're told is that we need to compose ourselves because that's the only way you're heard. Unless you are not woman and unless you are not of color, then you can do whatever the yeah. hell you want. So it's pretty shitty. Um, it's really the outcome of this. And I don't, but I don't know what the outcome Me is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's In fact, really maybe twisty. I do know what the outcome is going to be and maybe he will be confirmed anyway. But I do think why all of this is important is because it really just shows what many of us have been saying all this time, that your rules only apply to people that aren't you. Mm. And now we recognize that, and we're able to draw back on historical reference, recent event reference, and literally everything you're saying is a lie. So that part is being and broken up. And I think that's a great point, um, and I'll just end on there, but the us being able to reference these things that happen in society um, and use them as... Um, I guess ways to um, address the things that happen within our industry 
because right. we're not so far removed. And I think because um, if you're in advertising, like there's this this unspoken thing that we're so progressive and we're so liberal, um, and so that these things don't necessarily happen within our industry. But I think like it's it's a mirror. Like this is what happens. And it so is. for people who are in positions of power, understand like what happened in that hearing happens to women who go to HR all the time where they have to consistently defend themselves and they have to have receipts and invoices. receipts and you know if whoever's in power cries then they win and mm-hmm. so I think that's you know just keep that in mind I think and sorry I know we, but that's that's a micro level I think when it comes to when we talk about Anita Hill and how that hearing ended and even though women has I know I was reading something that a lot of women wrote to her and said thank you for sharing your voice, but nothing really changed. He, Clarence Thomas still ended up being in the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. We think about mm-hmm. the bigger implications of if these things are reported. I know we talk about it into an advertising level, but from a larger level, that affects women or women and men who've been victims of abuse of harassment to even say anything because at a whole point is it going is anyone going to ever you know get their butts whapped like slapped for this are they going to have any implications like that's the big thing and if this is the first time this is this is the second time it's actually not even a first or a second Like, like let's not forget that the 90s was all about Women, the women empowerment came from yeah. these experiences where women were put in compromising positions. Very true. Yes. So it's not the first or the second time. It's definitely not a fourth or fifth either. It happens all the time. Yeah, and I think what resonated to me was um, Senator Kamala Harris when she was talking to Shout Dr. Out to Ford. Howard University. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. She was like, she said, you know, she brought the statistic that sixty-three percent of cases are underreported. She's like, we feel it, the judges feel it, and it's just a continuous step. We're going to hear it numerous cases. We're going to hear it numerous times. And it's like, is anyone going to be com- like feel the consequences? Is anything going to be happening? This is one of the cases that prove that because it's now 2018. You know, um, n- not to go back down to the micro, but w- what you said is is so true. It's that idea of, you know, the pattern that just repeats itself and gets bigger and bigger. Uh, one of the things that we've been looking at with um, Time's Up ad is to map against the study of harassment that is documented to do, and I'm sure we will get all kinds of allegations of spurious, you know, but to do a, 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 a survey of unreported, mm-hmm. just to be able to put the two things on a table side by side yep. and say the 2% statistic that are a, uh, only 2% of our HR problems are harassment is wrong that the unreported are massive and you can't even look at that number and say that 90 percent of them are made up because that's just not true to any other number that we see right and map those two things together because to your point why would you were brave the second you got back up and went to work the next day or or walked out of your apartment the next day or went and got your rape kit that day i mean there's just to then stand in front of a group of people and justify yourself over right. and over, why? Well, yeah, I, I'm terrified of what it says to future generations about coming forward. I, I truly am. Definitely. Well, that's a great way to end on some ancient. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that's a great one. Um, 
I think I think we can pick I think we can pick things back up um, and kind of actually talk about you as we kind of head into our um, as we head into our hot topic. You are the hot topic for this day. You're the hot topic Yay. for the week. But Sorry, <laughs> but Sorry, everyone. Um, I think what's really exciting is, like I said, you've uh, been it was recently announced that you are now co-president of Wyden Kennedy. Um, you also are coming off of an amazing campaign working with Nike um, and our heroes, Colin Kaepernick, as well as Serena Williams and others. Um, tell us about what the last four weeks has been like for you, the exciting parts. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I always find it so hard to be excited about the exciting because I always feel like it's fleeting and there's something around the corner. <laughs> That's my inspiration oh, for the day for everyone. <laughs> this is Hi, don't think this is so awesome because then you'll be really sad when it's taken away from you. Um, uh, but there have been moments, you know, um, it meant a lot to me uh, to be doing this at White and Kennedy because I feel like it's, um, it's a little different and a little more complicated than uh, having a great book that takes you to the top of an agency. Um, Dan Wyden's legacy is so much about, uh, more than that, about building a culture, yeah. and it's not perfect, and it has struggled to be perfect, and sometimes parts of its imperfection are what make it special, and then they're what make it a special hell. You know, it's, it's like a complex, amazing, horribly difficult, yeah. uh, rewarding place. Um, so uh, it was with um, a feeling of great responsibility uh, that I took it on. Um, the talent is so high in the company that I feel like I'm really trying to lean into uh, the values, mm. um, to live the values, uh, and um, to have that all be happening at the same time as Kaepernick and Serena and um, Anybody who's worked on Nike knows you don't talk a lot about the work because a thing I really love about Nike is that they don't talk about it themselves. It's like the work talks, but mostly the athlete talks. Mm -hmm. And um, suffice it to say, what I really loved about that work was that um, the uh, you know they're at the Bravery Luncheon now that mm -hmm. we're not at, uh, but the Bravery was Collins, and um, all the brand and the agency did was capture that and, and um, with permission, release it. And um, uh, the roller coaster of what happened after was telling. <laughs> it's almost like the, yay, oh, yay, oh. You know, <laughs> you, you didn't know uh, which news cycle was going to bring what. Um, but I, I felt like if you're going to be um, creating culture right now, that's kind of part of the deal. Um, so it has been. It has been a crazy four weeks. I haven't slept much. <laughs> you guys haven't either. <laughs> old ad color just about killed me. <laughs> no, that was, that was, that was an endurance me. test. That was definitely that was a whole like, endurance oh. test. That was CrossFit yeah. for networking. <laughs> and when I got to meet Mara. Right. Which, which also was, just about killed me. We were definitely <laughs> so jealous. Like, Mara Brockakill is definitely, yeah. like, she's literally written every character that has kind of guided what it meant for me to be a woman yeah. of color in a profession out after the 90s like because we don't necessarily see that often in real life but 
I know what Joan looked like. I know she Joan was goofy. I was like Joan was goofy and Joan was smart and Joan was a good friend with a nice house and had her own had her own shit. And then like with you know like and with love is and I'm like oh my god those are my friends and then with everything she's she's brought so it was like definitely a fangirl moment to see you both on stage. I was like Jesus. Her her generosity is amazing. Her generosity was um really really dropped me to the floor. Uh, I was very nervous. Um, she has a body of work uh, that not only did she create, but she created by her own hand against all the odds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just like, wow. Um, Tiff, really, I, you should just interview her. Please don't make me come up there. <laughs> Please. Uh, and um, Tiffany's like, no, no, no. You know, and I always trust the wisdom of, of Tiffany R. Warren. So I was just like, all right. I go, I'm like, God, Tiffany's going to tell me what to do. And... Um, but I was nervous, and uh, she, I was nervous about getting up on that stage. I wasn't sure what I was supposed to represent for everybody. Interesting. You know, and um, she walked in. Mara walked in. Traffic had been bad. She was late. She felt terrible. She looked at me, and we both had, we don't color our hair. We both had gray hair, and, you know, um, I couldn't have been more white. And she represented everything for women of color. And she looked at me and sussed in that second and just said, we're in the same tribe. <laughs> and, and touched my hand, took my hand and went on the stage. And I was like, Mara Brock-Akeel's going to look after me. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's yes. amazing to hear you say that. Because I think from off stage, and just so you guys know, we're speaking about the first panel at Ad Color. Um, from off stage, it was like, oh shit, like that stage right now is just rock stardom, yeah. like just creative rock stardom. And seeing what, hearing you both speak about what you represent, and I know you're saying like, what do I represent? You, like, there are so many of us that aspire to be somebody's president, you see? And like, yeah. it, that path is not a clear Thank path. You. But to know that someone, that there are people that have trailblazed it is super important because it makes it real. Yeah. And to have and to have you on stage who literally has created the most talked about ad, quite frankly, of or, or campaign rather, of yeah. the entire year. I mean, December is is closer than you think, so I don't know if we're gonna get that much more. <laughs> Next, I think that team has things up their sleeve. I don't even know <laughs> what they are. <laughs> but also to see you up there with literally the woman who's blazed a path, with the woman that created characters that were real enough to make many of us feel that that path is also possible, was. I don't know if I have the words, but it was really important to see that because it was it was power, it was embracing of, of femininity, it was also embracing just being badass. Like it's okay to be badass and to not do what everyone says around you. So you may have felt like that, but off stage we were all just like, oh Jesus, like, <laughs> Lord willing, <laughs> this is my nice. story too. So yeah. um, well, it will be. <laughs> so leaning into just coming off of your success for the year earlier in the year um a major i guess i don't want to call it a bomb but the start of a movement um began or commenced earlier this year with times up advertising um a lot of our episodes from last year and quite frankly since we've started this podcast have been based on um advocating and speaking out against sexual harassment so we started uh back in 20 
16, 16, 16 um, mm-hmm. with the JWT <laughs> scandal with Martin, uh, with that guy. Yeah. We don't need to say his name, right? I love that we can't think of what his name is Isn't right now. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's how you make people unfamous. <laughs> <laughs> you make them disappear. <laughs> but so being that that is where that is where our advocacy is is rooted um and we saw that from the me too movement came the times up movement Mm -hmm. which also gave life to the times up advertising conversation um we were super we we were super excited we are a team that are we're ready for change we're here to whose whose door do we have to kick down what building do we need to blow up like we're here for all kinds of change. And you um, are one of the handful of women who are spearheading this, um, are, do you call it a movement or this experience? Or, yeah, yeah. I, it's funny, it, it, it goes back and forth, right? I mean, to be, well, I think you kind of got at the heart of what went wrong. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> It's a movement, right? but you don't start a movement from the top down and you don't start it from 200 people and um, getting to collusion. You start a movement with passion and knocking down doors and blowing stuff up. Right. It, right. So before we get into that point, I do want to get an idea from you. Like what what was the trigger? What what made uh, you guys say, you know what? It's time. Time is up. Also in advertising. Yeah, I um. It, it was really personal for me. We kind of have a thing about um, Time's Up that the Time's Up organization taught us, which is because um, it is supposed to be a movement. You can only ever speak for yourself mm-hmm. uh, because to speak for the movement is to imply that there's leadership of the movement, which is like, again, one of the rubs of the 14th. Um, for me, I, um, I woke up uh, February uh I had been seeing um, stuff that was coming across Instagram. Uh, I had enough experience of my own, um, although not knowing details, uh, to know that that all sounded right in terms of things that happen, uh-huh. the things that are real. Um, and uh, I felt this discomfort. And then I was sort of, every morning I would get up and look. and. Um, one of the mornings when I got up and looked, for some reason, a trigger just went off in me, and it was two things. One of them was absolute embarrassment and shame that I knew that this was not unusual, and why wasn't I saying anything? And then that triggered shame number two, which is because I'm the boss of somewhere, and that could hurt my business if I got too political or, you know, kind of pulled out in favor of or posted or even against, like just the silence. Mm -hmm. And I looked to either side of me um, and all the other women were silent too. And I thought that that was a travesty, that was a symptom of just how wrong and broken it all was. And then to know that we were women, not just that worked inside of agencies, that this was done to, but that we had climbed our way to really near the top, if not the top of agencies. And there was a long night of soul searching of what else have I been silent about? What else, uh, and what does it mean to be complicit? And even as someone who has dealt with that in the workplace, what was the level of just pack it up and leave? 
because like you know um, I, I remember with an instance that I experienced a very senior woman who I respected greatly who I met for lunch uh, stood up uh, to greet me as I walked towards her table and put out her arms and I thought this is it this is the moment that's like I got you you go and she hugged me and she said I'm so sorry you had such a promising career Oh. And I thought, okay. So all those things went together. And I thought, um, there have to be other women that are feeling like this. Uh, so I did a short email of the ones whose names I knew. And um, we got together in the basement of a hotel um, with a massive cheese plate and some bottles of wine. And I Sometimes just. Sometimes that's all you need. <laughs> Stop there really going. Really, really I just simple. need some wine. It's really that cheese. simple. Uh, and um, we went, and I think what started out as um, the best intention, all of the, still has the best intention, but we've had to reset, we've had to pivot, because we um, started uh, building it like you'd build a company, because that's what we knew. Mm. We started uh, being afraid of, um, uh, well, what is the moderate position? Mm. And I don't think there's such a thing when you're making change. And I don't think that you can carry everybody with you in one fell swoop. And so um, that got us to the 14th, and it took us a while to get there. And individually, I would call no fault on any single uh, woman. As a collective, we hobbled ourselves with what we knew. Um, and then I think we got to the 14th, and that's where you and I kind of met. Uh, at uh, you were sitting across the table. <laughs> I kept looking up. She's like, "What's going on?" Uh, and um, that event itself, um, there was just a lot of problems with it. Um, I said to you, I've said a lot. The the realization that democracy doesn't work for the underrepresented was the biggest one. Um, trying to um, stand up and represent and vouch for change, which we would go back and moderately within the realms of our jobs negotiate for, and we all know that's not happening, mm -hmm. you know. Um, uh, and I think we, we've had to back off and start again as a movement. And if we lose some people, that's cool. We'll start again. Mm -hmm. But, like, this is the pushing part. This isn't the laws part. And I think, yeah unfortunate but I think we all believe still we're trying um it, it sounds like it's a continual learning experience <laughs> like <laughs> like you you yeah. started out in good intentions and then yeah. this is the response yeah that but you, you know it's not to cry oh we meant well because yeah. you know uh, the, the road to hell is is paved mm -hmm. um you know yes. the <laughs> letter from a Birmingham jail is about like the worst people uh -huh. the most dangerous people um uh, are the moderates um, so I think that we learned things you can only learn by experiencing and doing them. And um, I think that's a valuable lesson. I th oh, go ahead. Um, you start off saying, um, questioning, like, what does it mean for your career? Um, <clears throat> and I feel like a lot of leaders may want to do right, but may question what are the consequences of doing right. What was your like fuck it if it goes wrong it goes wrong moment <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> it was um when i realized that we were up against a corporate infrastructure that put the our 
families meals on the table mm. like the the conflict of those two things again not painting anyone as evil as like everyone has a role to play and you know the donuts have to get made and things have to move forward and you're looking at publicly traded companies in some instances you're looking at clients who might be offended by a stance you're looking at like all the the danger zones um but if i was to be really personal about it and to go back to the thing of times up is is always about when we talk about it we talk about it as it relates to us um quickest way to say this I had in 2010 talked about uh, in, a, in an article um, confessions of a female ad exec and talked oh, about right. how um, uh, my aha moment um, that I had always been a bit of a tomboy that I had was a writer and all my writer um, heroes were kind of like the men books because those are the ones that were the heroic books uh, and um, I had grown up that way and naturally kind of gone into the industry that way that I had fit in as one of the boys, that I was accepted, that my friends that I'd grown up with for 30 years in this industry, um, and that I was, that at the era I grew up in, in a creative department, sometimes, I think the phrase I used was you had to cut the ties so hard to your own womanness um, in order to fit in that you kind of almost didn't know how to get back home again. Yeah. And I think that this has been a process for me of getting back home again. But my fuck it moment was when I realized that um, naively, uh, when I started getting really active in women's issues, that the men that were uh, always my best friends were now like, like I had crossed over to a different, the, the side didn't pull with me. Mm -hmm. The polarization was still so strong. Like that's what I love about that you three do this. Um, but there is suspicion and doubt um, uh, about my cross over to representing women. Mm -hmm. And um, that was my bucket. Um, I still love those people and um, hope that they still trust the me they've known for 25 years, but I have to love my own womanhood and I have to stand up for what that means. And this is a journey that at 54 years old, I'm determined to take before I die. And um, hopefully those two things aren't incongruent, but if they are, fuck it. You know? I think that's, that's a fair. word. <laughs> that is a word. <laughs> and I think, I mean, I think we discussed it on the show before. I think it was actually last episode where, or maybe this was actually offline, but like the idea of womanhood or just being mm -hmm a woman the act or the existence of being a woman is so much of a th is seen as a threat to male power that like it doesn't matter what's going on in the culture it's literally just our scarlet letter yeah. you know like it doesn't the minute the minute i'm not okay with somebody shouting or whistling across the street at another woman like hey chill that's not cool now i've become the enemy Mm -hmm. So I totally hear that. Um, but I actually want to go ahead and dive a little deeper into May 14th. Yeah, um, let's do so it. Um, for those of you that listened, I think I came on to the show right after the event, shaky voiced, pissed off, mm -hmm. just kind of going through. Now, granted, there were personal things <laughs> going. I had just left my last agency because of 
the complete fuckery that that was. <laughs> Hot off the um, press. <laughs> <laughs> um, there Still were on the plate. <laughs> <laughs> there, you know, there were there were other issues just with just trying to identify for myself whether or not this business is even something I should even bother staying in, mm-hmm. for many of the reasons that I had hoped would be um, discussed and brought to light during the Times Up event. And one of the things that I discussed, well, there were two things, but the main thing that I discussed was that I left there feeling unheard um, because of the voting system that was applied to the question and answer facilitation. Um, Also recognizing that in theory, a democratic approach to answering questions would work. In theory. In theory. And in that theory, there are the assumptions that everyone is equal, that uh, the, the numbers are balanced, and that everyone's heart is in the same place. However, as we know with theory and real life, theory is for college classes. Real life, shit doesn't go down like that. Um, and what I experienced was the visual representation of just being unheard. You're in the room, so that's a check you um, are welcomed to the room, but you're not heard and and you're not acknowledged. And I think my sensitivities was that that is what I had been feeling up until that day to actually go to um, an event that uh, is orchestrated by the leaders of Times Up Advertising and to still feel that way. Um, It hurt, and I think I said that on the show, like it hurt because Granted, we have ourselves on the podcast, and we'll talk shit all day, and we'll raise hell as much as we need to because who's going to tell us no? <laughs> but <laughs> but recognizing that I don't want to be, I personally did not want to be or do not want to be a part of any other organizations where I do not feel 100% included yeah. and acknowledged. Yeah. And that, that was the conversation that we had, Colleen, at Ad Color, because although I was angry and I did write a whole post, and y'all know how I get with my posts, <laughs> sometimes they are so entertaining but, and very passionate and very real, I didn't want to post anything that was damaging to an initiative where I felt people were trying. So as we acknowledged before, our mentors, like Tasha Gilroy, and our men- mentors, like, think uh like tracy sandra, sandra yeah um yeah. tracy's become my mentor, <laughs> but everybody's mentor. <laughs> they all signed this we haven't met we haven't met heidi yet but you know miss heidi we stay we live for her tweets and like i didn't feel that these women that i respect in this industry would sign something that they yeah. did not feel was conducive to change and therefore i said i will have my time to address it and the way the Lord works, I had my time last week. So we had an opportunity to chat. So I guess I just, uh, I'd like for you to kind of chat around. What was your takeaway from the event? How did you feel yeah. it went? I, um, uh, and again, I, I want to say it with respect to, you know, there were many women that put many hours into pulling that event together. And, you know, we, we, had more responses than we knew how to deal with and like everybody tried so hard and that's I think why I was so crushed Mm -hmm. by it Uh, and uh, as I stood on that stage um, already recognizing the small trespasses 
that are never small, but I mean that's the added up mm-hmm. through. So um, we had hit uh, representation. We had tried so hard to hit representation, you know, everything from Nina starting to who the women were on the steering committee to, and yes, some of them couldn't make it, so it didn't look as equal as it actually is in practice, all that stuff. Mm. But the big one was the same one as for you, except it felt like, you know, when you're watching, when like that stack of dishes that you've put together is falling and you you know it's going and you don't know how to grab it fast enough. And um, I saw the same thing as you did. And um, I got off the stage and went to people and just kind of melted down about it because there was two things. Um, You so eloquently said to me, you know, you talked about what you'd been going through and the fact that that moment was a like a super distilled, very potent version of all the things that, that, you know, hold you down. And uh, I watched these questions pop up and then a room full of people um, not pick them back up. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, really um, offended me and uh, angered me, upset me. Um, I was embarrassed. Um, and not, not that anyone embarrassed me. I was embarrassed mm-hmm. um, because in that moment, it all felt so unfixable. And I'm sure, again, these are things you see <laughs> all the time. But I was looking, and it's like, oh, and nobody, uh, am I the only person watching those drop? And is no one in the audience going to start voting them up out of fairness? <laughs> I did the air quotes. Um, is Are we truly not here for each other? And um, then the final one being, um, why did I not, it's sort of like the why didn't I not say anything when I first saw the stuff coming across Instagram? Why did I not just stop the music and say, fuck this mm-hmm. equipment? There's six questions on there that we have to answer, even if it's for the 15 women in the room who came all the way here for us. And that was um, really, uh, really hard. Yeah. Harder for you, but uh, a sharp scar of a lesson that I think has made me better definitely didn't make you better that day and that's not good <laughs> and i think a similar a similar um moment happened at three percent last year and <laughs> funny enough in the same room funny okay. enough in the same the same in the hammerstein ballroom um where derek derek walker yeah. at mm-hmm. brown and browner mm-hmm. agency stood up to um confront quite frankly a, a question about the pipeline for people of color within the industry um, during a conversation with um, the winners of the 3% certification, mm-hmm. um, uh, asking about how to, what was the question? Basically, how to retain and um, promote creative of color um, and also acknowledging that it can't just be hiring interns. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I know, listen, listen, um, had a similar situation where she acknowledged uh, in, a, in a blog post or in an article rather for ad week that that should have been her stop the music yeah. moment. Um, and I think it's interesting that you say that because last night you emailed me, you emailed me and asked um, that I come with a call to action. And I think that for all of us, man, woman, indifferent, anyone that feels unheard, it's four o'clock. 
it's also four o'clock. <laughs> but any of that us that feel um, unheard is that our call to action is for those that have more platform or a, a higher platform and more power is to stop the music when mm-hmm. you see something. You know, New York City <laughs> loves to tell somebody to say <laughs> something when they see something, but also to halt. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, to hear you say that and come to that um answer on your own means a lot because we can continue to fight and we've seen it with all other movements if like i've always drawn uh direct correlations to the civil rights mm-hmm. to the black power movement to womanism and feminism of the 80s 70s 80s 90s and we can fight as hard as we want to fight but if we're only speaking to ourselves then there's no change and that the change actually happens when we link up with people who have presence and power and positive character like yourself that are empowered to say stop, everybody stop. Because when we look at the fairness and the politics of numbers, the numbers game, that's not where our advantage lies. Our advantage lies in the relationships that we build and our ability to uh, not only be heard but to articulate ourselves in a way that you want to help us because you get it. Yeah, and I I think the the theme that I keep hearing coming from you is something that we want all leaders to kind of do, which is to listen. Um, listen and then react based off of what the people who are crying or who are telling them that they hurt or what they're experiencing are feeling because so often what happens is that the people who are at the table are not the people who are being marginalized. And so the solutions never really have the effect that they want them to have. So kudos to you because you're listening. And I think that's something that all of us who have been a part of DNI initiatives have wanted from leaders. Uh, and it's kind of why we started this show is because we understand that leaders aren't necessarily hearing what we're saying and we want them to hear and then listen and then react based off of what we're saying as opposed to, hey, I had this great idea, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna follow this idea through to the end regardless of whatever because of ego. So the fact that you're like listening and then reacting and then switching your game plan and being, and, and being nimble to it is, is something that I think a lot of people who want to be effective in this industry need to do because for so long they've been pushing these initiatives but they haven't been listening to the people that they're trying to help because a lot of it hasn't been working i'm gonna pivot i'm gonna do an apples to orange question because when i heard that your one of your favorite books was the origins of species by charles darwin i thought about people who have the advantage versus people who don't have the advantage so how does that book now affect the way that you see this point of view uh you know it's um that book affects the way i see almost everything um which is weird because it's such like a nerdy (laughs) sciencey book um uh, you think it would be some massive beautiful piece of literature and i'm just not that person um i was a kid when i first read that book um i was in a circumstance that would change over the course of my life um, for the positive. 
uh, it was given to me by someone that I cared very, very much for uh, in the um, wake of losing another person, my grandfather, who I cared very, very much for. Um, and uh, in that moment, although I understand now the theory of evolution, <laughs> which is it takes a long motherfucking time <laughs> in my head, um, it said that we do not die the same as we were born, uh, that um, the human ability to adapt and change, that I was not uh, relegated to a status in life or a um, surroundings in life, that I, I didn't have to um, make do with what uh, I had been born into, mm-hmm. that that was something that drove me the rest of my life um, to create something different. Uh, it was a um, pressure on myself. Hey, no, you change. You're supposed to die different than you were born. Um, but it also gave me a certain amount of gentleness with myself and hopefully other people that you know uh, we're all just fish in the process of growing feet that we are all evolving and if we are not evolving that is the only thing that is counter to the nature that we were given when we were born Um, and that I think um, although dignity is a right when you were born it is also something you achieve through evolution Mm -hmm. and that was sort of the synthesis of everything I either attempted to do that I had no right to try to do uh, um, or uh, other people did that I did not feel was right um, without losing my faith in everything. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, no, that that ties everything together. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we know that you are a very busy woman this week, Mm -hmm. so we genuinely appreciate you taking time to speak with us to banter with us. No, I appreciate um, it. We just love to sit here and talk shit all day. Me too. I'm like, do I have to go <laughs> seriously? We have to figure <laughs> out a way to get paid for this. But, um, is You're there a back. way that people, <laughs> absolutely, is there a way that people can um, follow you or get in touch with you or see what you have going on? Yeah. Um, you know, Time's Up wise, um, uh, Time's Up ad. Uh, and we try and push most things through Instagram. Awesome. Because we think that's, you know, where it's at. Um, uh, personally, um, first dot last at wk.com and I try and answer (laughs) everything I can. Um, and, um, you know, uh, hopefully through the work that we're all going to make that, that, you know, has all of our voices in it. Um, stay tuned for that too. But I just, um, in closing, I just want to, I'm really grateful. No one's ever actually done this for me. Um, so, um, the graciousness of you guys to say, um, come have a conversation with us is really, uh, means a ton to me. Well, we thank you for thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> well, you guys know where you can catch us on all the platforms, Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, SoundCloud Stitcher. 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 <laughs> We're on all the things right now. And you guys can also follow us on all the social medias at Ask Mix Company. Um, Otherwise, we'll holler at y'all after Ad Week. I'm sure we have much more content coming to you. Um, yeah. Looking forward to it. There's a lot of stuff coming. There's a lot of stuff coming. We'll talk to you guys later.